The Be Who You Want to Be podcast was created to help people understand and learn what it truly takes to live a life doing what they love and being exactly who they would love to be. I've designed this podcast to synthesize and bring together different people's experiences, strategies, teachings, and recommendations for you to get access to. It's like a one-stop shop for all the most powerful how-tos for living a great life. Nominated for Telstra Business Woman of the Year, Claire Elizabeth D is a dynamic influencer working as a performance artist, speaker, writer, and creative mentor. Born with Poland syndrome, Claire's left-hand side of her body is smaller than the right. During her teenage years, her left breast never developed. Feeling so much shame of not fitting in, feeling like a freak for her imperfections, Claire hid her talents for many years. Through a lot of personal development, therapy, and holistic acting training, Claire started to become more confident with sharing her authentic self. Four years ago, she launched her book, The One Breast Goddess, Transforming Shame into Beauty, which led to many speaking opportunities, including an invitation from TEDx. In 2018, Claire launched her dream project, a transformational theatrical one-woman show, Dropping the Mask. Sharing her love of dance, singing, storytelling, and comedy, the show is a platform to help many others stand up and share their authentic voice. From teaching the IT staff at a local grammar school to coaching actors making it big in America, Claire can help you unlock your creative potential and share your story with many. Welcome, Claire, and thanks so much for joining me on the Be Who You Want to Be podcast today. Thank you uh, for taking your time, the time today to, to be here with me. I know you've had a bit of a challenging 24 hours, so <laughs> I appreciate you being here. Thank you so much for having me, Greg. I'm so excited. We uh, we spoke in an interview about four or five years ago, I think, and it was a really transformational uh, time for me and a transformational interview. So I'm really excited to jump in and dive deep again with you for this interview. Awesome. Yeah, it, uh, it has been a few years since uh, we did that interview, um, and I'm really grateful that I get another opportunity uh, to delve a little bit deeper because obviously a lot's happened uh, in your life since then. <laughs> so we're going to kind of go uh, into a little bit about what you know, what you've been through. We're going to talk about who you are, your background, how you got to where you are in your life right now. We're going to explore things. We're, we're, we're going to explore what drives you, what inspires you to do all this work that you love. Um, and we're also going to look at what it took you to allow yourself to be who you are in your life at this point and what challenges you had to overcome to get here. And lastly, and this is a question I have been asking everyone I'm interviewing, because I think it's a really interesting question. Um, I'm, I want to know from your point of view, from your perspective, what you believe uh, is the most effective and powerful way for a person to be who they truly want to be in their life and do what they love. And it's interesting. Everyone's answers are super, super interesting. There's a lot of overlap and crossover. So I'm curious to hear what yours will be. Um, but how about we just dive in and get going? Mm, yes, let's do it. <laughs> okay. So my first question to you, just to give everyone a bit of a, an idea of who you are and what you're all about, can you share a bit about your background, uh, where you come from, what you do professionally, what you've been up to over the last few years? Mm -hmm. 
So I pretty much popped out of the womb uh, to become a dancer. I've been dancing <laughs> most of my life, pretty much popped out and the tap shoes came on. Uh, and as I grew up as a dancer, uh, my first challenge actually came when I was eight and my dad was retrenched from work and mum said that they could no longer afford for me to do my dance classes anymore. And I had seen this cute boy in the local shopping centre playing the violin and people throwing money to him. <laughs> and I was like, ooh, playing a musical instrument in the local shopping centre makes you money. And um, that money I could use to, to buy my dance classes. And I was learning the recorder at school. I knew, you know, Hot Cross Buns and Mary Had a Little Lamb and a few other tunes. But Amazing. I... I worked out from a really early, early age that if you really want to do something and I really wanted to be a dancer, um, you would do anything to make it happen. So from the age of 8 to 16, I busked at the local shopping centre with a sign saying I'm busking to pay for my dance classes and I always joke that my mum dressed me up poor so I'd make more money. Um, (laughs) And uh, so that funded me. Uh, to continue my dancing. Um, But as I also got older, another challenge came my way that um, I was born with Poland syndrome. So I was born with my left-hand side of my body smaller than the right. And uh, I was born with no left pec. So my left breast never developed. So in my teenage years, here I was in this ballet studio where it was all about looking perfect, being symmetrical, and uh, out popped this one boob. And uh, this pollen syndrome uh, was actually affecting uh, the way I danced and the way I moved and the way I felt about myself. I had so much shame because I felt like a freak. I felt like I didn't fit into society. I started to really hide who I truly am. And uh, I then found myself becoming not who I am and so I thought Mm -hmm. that I still wanted to be a dancer so I was forcing myself to try and fit into the dance industry I was a cheerleader for years and I did commercial dance started to learn how to sing so I felt like I could fit into the musical theatre mold of things I was doing anything to make this dream of becoming a dancer um, come alive but this inner challenge of all these voices in my head that were saying that I was a freak, that I didn't fit in, that my body wasn't perfect, uh, really made me live a lie. Um, I couldn't really hear my truth. I wasn't connected to God, source, universe, my intuition. I was being guided by these voices in my head. And uh, so I feel like Things really shifted for me when I started to take self-responsibility that uh, I create my own reality. And Mm -hmm. even though this might actually answer the question that you were saying at the start of the interview, this is what I really, really believe um, helps you step into uh, your authentic path is actually starting to take self-responsibility and not being a victim of your past. And Mm -hmm. the moment that I started doing some amazing therapy with uh, voice dialogue and I started, you know, reading all of Demartini's work and Abraham Hicks and so many other thought leaders' work, 
I really 100% committed to this idea of I create my own reality. And Mm -hmm. when I did that, I realized that I didn't really want to be uh, a dancer. I didn't really want to be an actor that went to Hollywood. I didn't want to follow the traditional performer's path. What I really wanted to do was actually express my authentic self on stage, which is so different to what we're trained as dancers, as actors growing up. It's all about putting on a mask and being a character and hiding who you truly are. But I realised mm-hmm. that uh, that acting actually isn't the art of acting. Acting is the art of being your authentic self. And I really believe that our authentic self is connecting to all parts of who we are. We have an infinite amount of selves. And so I am so passionate about the process of connecting to all of these parts of who you are. And for me, I like to then put them onto the stage. So what I'm doing now in the world is actually putting on one-woman shows, uh, transformational theatre, which invites the audience to actually have a transformation with me so that they step more into their authentic self. Wow. You have achieved a lot so far. And I mean, I, I know all about um, your history with Poland syndrome and obviously what you've been through with that. And, and the one woman show, I know you did one recently um, called Dropping the Mask. And I'm assuming uh, you're continuing on with that or are you doing another one or with a, are you going down yes. a slightly different track? So I, I, it was a trial for me. Like I was going to put all of my skills onto a stage, my workshop facilitator, my singer, my dancer, mm-hmm. my actor, my love of personal development, putting that all onto a stage and seeing how the audience responded. And all of the things that I've done from writing a book, from running endless uh, workshops to running an acting school for six years, I've done a lot of things. Nothing's had the response that this has had. Everyone was like, oh, my goodness, you can have a healing from going to the theatre. People felt like they had been transformed, that their lives were different from not only seeing the show but being part of the show. They didn't actually realize Mm -hmm. that they were going to be asked to step into their authentic selves in the journey. And Mm -hmm. uh, so what I've done is I've pitched it now to a high school, um, doing a shortened version for high schools. And I'm also Mm -hmm. creating a shortened version of it to look at touring around Australia. And um, so I'm going to be pitching it to various venues and, uh, going to see where that leads but I'm also really passionate about creating new shows and also helping others to bring their stories to the stage because that's my other skill set is that I've gone from teaching actors how to be their authentic self to now working with creatives, coaches, entrepreneurs, teaching them how to express their story on stage So I feel like moving into 2019, um, I'm going to be dancing between being the performer on the stage, inviting the general public to have this transformation from being in the audience to actually helping other people be the person on the stage, 
helping the audiences have a transformation. So I'm really, really excited about seeing uh, where this goes in the next few years. Uh, I mean, that's an incredible um, vision you have. And I think, you know, like I said uh, a little bit before, based on what you've been through uh, with Poland's and then how you transformed through that, um, it totally makes sense to me why it would be so important to you and why it would become so valuable to you to help people connect to their true self and, and feel proud of that or feel um, or embrace that fully. Um, I actually just wanted to kind of go back to that a second because I know you wrote a book about uh, your experience with Poland's and obviously what occurred through that experience. Um, it's called The One Breast Goddess, Transforming Shame into Beauty. What made you decide to do that? I know, mm. like I know you obviously went through all, all, your, all your challenges, but what made you decide to bring it out into the public domain? Because I, I, from what I remember just chatting to you, I think that was one of the first times you made it a little bit more of a public um uh, display, I guess, if you want to call it that, um, or ex- a public uh, sharing of what you'd experienced. Why did you choose to to do that at that time? Mm, yeah, I really, I made a pact with myself as a teenager that I would keep this a secret forever. Uh, I was so ashamed mm-hmm. of it. I was actually in a relationship with a man for four years and it was the elephant in the room. We never talked about it. So that's how much I wanted to keep this a secret. I didn't want the world to know that I was perfect. And uh, mm-hmm. it was definitely a slow journey before I had the courage to actually come out to the world and mm-hmm. uh, and share my story. Actually, the interview that we did so many years ago was actually the first podcast kind of interview I'd ever done sharing my story. Right. And that was even before I'd launched my book. So actually doing that interview with you was so scary. <laughs> and, I actually remember that. And now here I am like four or five years later just feeling like, oh, this is just so easy. I can talk about this with anyone on the train. Um, so that's yes. to show you, you know, how far I've come. But I think the moment that I love to share with people is that at my second ever public speaking event, this was before I'd launched my book, um, it was the second time I was sharing on stage about my story and I'd shared the story and then I was doing uh, an exercise on the stage and so I asked the audience who would like to jump up on the stage with me and do the exercise and all of these hands got raised in the audience and I scanned the crowd and this one girl's energy in the front row uh, just stood out to me. It was like this white, bright light. And so I invited her onto the stage with me. We did this exercise and I then rewarded her for being brave and coming up on the stage, a two-day workshop with me that was called Connect to Your Truth. And mm-hmm. so she months later came to this workshop and uh, at the very end she came and whispered in my ear, I've got Poland syndrome too and I haven't told a okay. soul. Now, in that moment, I realized that I wasn't alone. At that time, I was the only person I knew with Poland syndrome, um, mm-hmm. that there was another female actress in Melbourne with it. So I was like, wow. who else in what the world has this, has this syndrome? Because it is rare. Not many people have heard about it. But actually in research, one 
in 100,000 people actually have some form of this syndrome, but no one knows much about it. They call it the shame Mm -hmm. syndrome um, because Mm -hmm. no one's really diving into it. And I think that doing that research and then seeing that effect I had on that girl's life, I knew I wanted to continue to speak about it. But Mm -hmm. writing a book was never on my bucket list. I don't actually Mm -hmm. think of myself as a writer, even though for like six to eight years before this, I'd been writing blogs on my Facebook. I never considered myself a writer. I always saw myself as a performer. And Mm -hmm. um, so I never saw myself sharing this in the form of a book. But uh, one of my students picked me up from an osteo appointment once and I sprained my ankle and Whenever I sprain an ankle, always there's always an amazing transformation on the other side. And hmm. uh, she was sharing with me that she wanted to write a book um, about chronic fatigue. And when she was sharing about it, my body started getting the tingles. You know when your whole body goes into alignment? It's like this full body orgasm. And I was like, I have to do this. I have to write a book. And I'd never thought about writing a book before. I didn't know how you write a book, but I knew how to create my own reality. I was very good in creating my own reality. So I was like, okay, I'll set up a desk. I'll have pictures of the beach um, that my dad had drawn because that, that will make me feel all serene and blissful. And I'll put a notepad and pen and put it there. And hopefully God, the universe will inspire me to write this book. And so two mm-hmm. weeks went on and the name of the book came, The One Breast Goddess, but nothing else. But two weeks later, I was scrolling on Facebook, as we do when we're procrastinating, and um, this, this ad came um, up, which was, you know, uh, write your book by the beach and have it printed in, uh, or published in six weeks. And my body did that orgasm again. And I was just this full (laughs) alignment. And so I knew I needed to be at that retreat. I didn't know how to write a book. I didn't know how I was going to pay for it. Um, But in that moment, something bigger than me took over and I created a crowdfunding campaign to uh, raise the funds. Now, creating a crowdfunding campaign was so challenging for me because it meant I had to go live with my story. I had still not shared this with most of my friends. And here I was making this video asking people to fund me to write this book. And so the campaign, which was very, very quick because I needed to be there in two weeks' time, it got me enough money to pay for a plane ticket, pay, pay for the deposit of the course. And so I rocked up to Queensland, to Stradbroke Island, and with four other amazing uh, creatives and coaches, uh, we delved into writing our book. And it actually was a lot easier for me than I thought because I had been blogging on Facebook for six years. And yes, I hadn't mm-hmm. been blogging about uh, my story with Poland, but I'd been blogging about so many other things. I realized that I just wrote really easily. And mm-hmm. um, I'd been sharing my story at public speaking events. So I'd actually already crafted the first chapter of my book with my public speaking events. So even though I say today that my book definitely isn't what I'm most proud of because it really was written in one week at a writing retreat um, and I wouldn't say it's my best work, I, I think per- uh, 
better it better is better than perfect no what's the saying um done's better than perfect Mm -hmm. and people are getting something from this book because it gives them permission to be who they are and Mm -hmm. uh, I could have got all perfect on myself and been like oh I could write it so much better if I had more time but I realized that wasn't my best step forward to help people I decided to just launch the book and then go back to helping people share their message on stage because Mm -hmm. that's my genius. Mm -hmm. Um, So I've got this really unperfect piece of work out there and I'm always so vulnerable (laughs) about sharing about my book and when people just out of the blue tell me, oh, I've read your book. Um, So, um, But I keep it out there because apparently people are getting something from it. So um, uh, one day I hope to do a rewrite and actually put, you know, more chapters of the story into it because it's only 70 pages long. It's very, uh, you know, it's it's short. Um, But my passion now is definitely writing shows, helping other people write their TED-style talks and whether they want to put on a one-person show and um, helping others in that way. So that's what I really feel like is my use my genius zone from my challenge of hiding who I am. I help others get really clear with what they're hiding, uh, what their vision is, what their personal brand is, and help them craft a speech or video content or a one woman, one man show, and help them put their authentic message out into the world and, and help them be who they want to be. I love it. I like seriously, you're probably one of the the few people I know who are very well equipped to help people achieve that. And for those of you who are listening, um, who are experiencing anything similar to what Claire um, went through, it just goes to show you that when you don't allow um, your imperfections, whether it be physical, mental, financial, whatever it might be, if you don't allow your imperfections to rule your life, you can actually achieve such incredible things and you can also make a huge difference as well. So if if there is one person that I really wanted to have on this podca- podcast to share this idea, it was definitely Claire because uh, I know that she's transfer- transformed that. I know that she's not a victim of that, of of uh, the challenges that, he sh- that she experienced growing up. And she's actually using what she learned from that to help other people step outside of who they are um, and be more of themselves. So if there's one person that I'd highly recommend you listening to or um, uh, drawing some inspiration from around this particular topic, um, I'd highly recommend you delve deeper into what Claire's doing. And you you spoke about your one woman show, and then you you know you want to take it around Australia and uh, potentially put it into some schools. Um, and it's called Dropping the Mask. So you've already kind of spoken about what prompted prompted you to do it. What is the show actually about? I haven't obviously I haven't been. It's, I, I live in Sydney. You live in Melbourne, so I, I wasn't able to attend, but. What is the show about? What's the premise behind it? What's the aim, the goal, the intention behind it? Well, about five, six years ago, uh, I was doing uh, a course with an amazing man called David Curry, who's an LA vocal coach. And he was actually the very first person that got my story out of me. And actually, uh, in class, I shared 
with everyone about my Poland syndrome. It was the very first time. And he helped me transform this shame by singing a song about it. Mm-hmm. And when I did this exercise, he said to me, you need to put on a one-woman show. <laughs> and in that moment, again, all the tingles came and I knew that I had to put on a one-woman show. But again, like the book, I had no idea how you put on a one-woman show. Um, I presumed that you needed a script and you needed a director. And so I always had this intention of putting on a one-woman show, but all of these other things came in the way of it. And I wouldn't say they were challenges stopping me. I would say they were the lessons that I needed to learn to actually be able to write the show. Mm -hmm. And the show is about a girl. Uh, Her name is Stacey. She's not at all like me. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, she is a a wannabe actress. She wants to get into the world of musical theatre and the audience is actually introduced into her bedroom. And why I wanted to create um, the bedroom as a big part of the show was that's the one place where we're by ourselves that we are usually the most authentic, that Mm -hmm. we are being just us without any masks. Mm -hmm. And so the audience actually comes in, there's a band playing and you're introduced to this girl's bedroom and you're actually getting to watch her, watch Stacey, in other words, watch me, um, (laughs) um, be in the bedroom and actually face the voices that are in our head. So a lot of it's in front of a mirror and the voices Mm -hmm. that come up about our body, our shames, our imperfections. Um, Also in our our, uh, bedrooms, we also, I find, really try and uh, step into our dreams. Like you think about, you know, when you're a teenager, especially if you're a performer uh, listening, like you're singing into that hairbrush and you're pretending that you've got 100,000 people out there watching you sing that song. Mm-hmm. And so I find the bedroom's also a place where we, we really dream. And so I wanted to invite the audience into the bedroom and actually see this girl going through all of the challenges that she was facing around being perfect to fit into the mould of what the entertainment industry wanted her to be. Mm-hmm. And um, so they watch her go from the bedroom to the audition room. So I have a band on stage and the pianist actually plays the director during the show. And Mm -hmm. um, so I swap from scenes to going and actually being in the audition room and the audience gets to witness how hard auditioning is, how challenging it is because it's literally you sing 16 bars of your song and it's next, next person. And um And you're not given any positive feedback usually. It's just, you know, next person. And you don't usually get the job. And so all the voices in your head are is that you're crap and you're pathetic and you're not worth anything. And so you keep seeing her going through this journey. But what was really fun was that I had the um, phone calls in the show where she's talking to her dad and her sister and the sister's going on this personal development journey and introduces her to all of these people like your Martinis and your Abraham Hicks. But I actually chose all Melbourne people that were sharing a similar message and I had videos of them. So I got to promote 
all of these speakers and thought leaders in Melbourne during the show. So we had wow. videos of these thought leaders playing during it so that the audience got to learn the lessons. And as mm-hmm. Stacy goes on, she gets a job as an acting teacher to pay for her rent. And so she starts getting trained by Claire D. So this was the irony hmm. of it is that this Stacy is getting trained by Claire and um, so she's reading all the material and she's teaching it to the audience and actually getting the audience to interact. So from learning about the breath to the voices in the head, I mean, one of the most profound moments of the show is when Stacy actually asks the audience to call out the voices in their head, stopping them from living their dreams and hearing them Mm -hmm. give her that feedback. So the whole room just feels connected. We're not alone with Mm -hmm. these voices. And at the very, very end of the show, when she actually decides to uh, uh, quit um, the world of the entertainment industry and actually follow her authentic path, which is definitely the main message of the show, I actually invite someone from the audience to actually stand up and share their message. And I think that's what I'm the most proud of um, with all of my work, Um, whether I'm teaching public speaking or teaching performing or whether I'm performing myself, I love creating an environment um, that invites the audience to become the star on the stage, become the star of their own life by sharing their authentic message with the world. And so, I mean, they are not expecting that. They're thinking they're coming to a musical. (laughs) They're Mm -hmm. thinking they're going to be the passive audience members. And obviously people who know me well know that um, you're not going to go to a Claire D show and not be asked to get up on the stage. But but the majority of the audience are thinking they're going to sit back and relax and be entertained, which, yes, a lot of the show is that, but that would be boring for me to create a show that I'm just being this star on the stage and you're applauding me. And yes, I love the applause. Feel free to give me a standing ovation. But um, (laughs) I love also gifting that to the audience and um, getting them to experience that. And every single night we did the show for five nights in a row and every night the stories just became even more profound, like what they were sharing. Um, Mm -hmm. And from a woman with, you know, uh, uh, with Lyme's disease, from one woman um, that was doing a show around being transgender, like, and people just standing up and sharing their message. And it made then the audience not want to go home at the end. Everyone Mm -hmm. wanted to talk and connect. So it's Mm -hmm. like going to an event where Mm -hmm. you actually network because I'm so passionate about authentic networking and Mm -hmm. I love creating this environment where people actually connect and they actually start creating things together. I've had so many people that have met at my workshops, at my events, and they go out and start doing things in the world together. And that's just so exciting to watch, Uh, so exciting to watch um, them go and actually you know, make a living doing what they love. Wow. Your show sounds amazing. I wish I could have been there. Um, and, yeah, me uh, too. Well, hopefully I can find a way to, uh, to tour it and come to, come to Sydney 
And oh yeah, that, definitely. I'd love to that see would it. That would be amazing. Yeah, I'd love well, to see it. We'll put it out into the universe, and um, we'll find a way to make it happen. We shall indeed. And yeah, for those of you guys who um, would love to see Claire's show. Uh, when she tours it around the country, which I'm sure will be happening in no time at all. Um, I will give you the details for her website so you can get in contact with her um, and find out when all those dates are going to happen. I've thankfully been privy to Claire's uh, approach. Uh, When I visited Melbourne uh, a few years ago, she took me through an exercise uh, because she used to, uh, I don't know if you mentioned this, but Claire used to run a Meisner school. Um, She used to teach um, actors, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she went through uh, an exercise with me at the time. I can't even remember what it was about, but um, I remember I think, it. <laughs> all I remember is we were in a park somewhere, and I there we I went to, to the studio. And... Oh yeah, that's right, that's right. And that's when we did an interview, I think. Um, so it was she's incredible at actually helping bring out. Uh, like as she puts it, your authentic self. She really knows how to do that. She has such a a masterful skill um, around being able to extract uh, the juice, uh, I guess that is hiding in inside of yourself. So, I would definitely suggest and recommend you you delve into her a little bit further and on and all and all her work. Uh, before. Uh, there's, I have two more questions I want to ask you. The one question, which you've kind of answered to some degree, but I, you know, there's always more that we could add to this. Uh, obviously, you've had your challenges through Poland's, and I, I'm sure you've had several other challenges, hurdles, and obstacles to overcome over the last few years. Can you share uh, what some of those are that have helped you mm. get to this point where you have? Because it sounds to me like you've got so much clarity around your vision and what you want to achieve, and how you want to serve people, help people expand. So what what some what are some of the challenges, obstacles and hurdles you've had to mm. overcome so far? Yeah, um, I love this. Apart from Poland's. Yeah. Yeah, well yeah, cuz Poland's does not feel like a challenge at all anymore. Yes. I just feel like it's such a gift. And yes. um, so, of course, um, as Dee Martini says, there's always an equal amount of support and challenge. So yes, I've definitely uh, transformed uh, my shame with pollens into something beautiful, my book, my show, lots of different ways. But there's always a new challenge that arises. And for me, the biggest has been my relationship with money. Um, mm-hmm. I would say that has actually been uh, my work over the last few years that now that I've stepped into my vision and I want to get it out in the world in a big way, to get your work out there in a big way, you have to be open to receiving money for your work. (laughs) And um, it can't just be a passion project. Um, You have to look at actually receiving money. And I definitely come from a family uh, where uh, we had a very limited, uh, warped uh, mindset around money. Uh, We were the poor family and our other family was considered the rich family And, you know, just this ongoing story of that actors and artists and creatives, you know, it's hard to make money. And having to really uh, look at those beliefs and um, I guess really get honest with myself that I can be an under earner, 
Um, I can be a compulsive debtor and I can be a spender and just have really bad habits with money. And uh, so actually last year when I was in the early stages of writing the show and getting the show ready, I actually put the show on pause because I was like, this show is too precious for me to put out into the world with my dysfunction around money. Like Mm -hmm. I'm going to stuff this up. Like I'm (laughs) dysfunctional with money. I'm going to stuff this up and this isn't going to help anyone. So Mm -hmm. I actually took time off to actually start going to a 12-step program around money and I still actually go to this. I go one, two times a week and um, looking at my relationship with money, you know, an alcoholic, you know, they're told to um, one day at a time, not drink. And for me, it's one day at a time, don't debt. And one day at a time, (laughs) you know, don't, um, you know, every day, look at what you're doing with money. Every day, look at what your relationship is. And I realized I had so much shame around money that I'd learned from my parents, from society and from being in the entertainment industry. And because really when you look at the entertainment industry, it's either, you know, you're in Hollywood making, you know, millions of dollars or you're a starving artist. And Mm -hmm. I don't want to, uh, I don't, I want to own that both of those archetypes are within me, but Mm -hmm. um, I don't have to play to either of them. I don't have to be a millionaire in Hollywood and I don't have to be a starving artist. I can address they're both within me um, Mm -hmm. and I can access them at any time. Like when I'm coaching artists, I have to connect to that starving artist within me to help them if that's what they're going through. Um, And, you know, if I'm working with really high profile artists, which I have in the past, you know, worked with people that are, you know, winning Logies and and being on the Allen show and you know I mean you know I've I've worked with some you know really successful people who make money easily I have to be mm-hmm. able to access that part of myself to work with them so mm-hmm. it's this dance of now just getting really real with me, myself that if I want to be who I really want to be which is a known name in the world for putting on these transformational one woman shows and helping other people to do the same. I need a better relationship with money so people can pay me for what I'm worth. Mm-hmm. And um, so it also helps when uh, you're in a relationship with a man who's very practical and um, yes, has a great, <laughs> great mindset around money. And he's a really like, just got me being more realistic and um, (laughs) just not living in denial. I mean, that was what I was really doing. I've been living most of my life in denial with my my breast. And then I was living in denial that, um, you know, at one stage I had $109,000 of debt. And that was all from investing in myself and my business. So it wasn't like it was debt from, you know, drugs and alcohol and gambling. Not that there's really Hmm. anything wrong with that either because everyone has their journey. But mm-hmm. I just addicted to education and addicted to being perfect. And mm-hmm. I've gone and spent a lot of money to do that. And so now I've really had to get real with myself and stop spending so much money on education and actually just start creating a whole lot of value for the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's my journey at the moment is um, 
is I'm doing this 12-step program and I have a sponsor and they walk you through the 12 steps and um, it's facing, it's really facing myself in the mirror every day and getting really real with all the ways that I've lied and manipulated and um, taken my family for granted and just things like that that I'm like, you know what, Claire, this isn't who you want to be in the world. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, even though I've done a lot of personal development over the last 10 years and I am really proud of who I am and who I'm showing up to be, um, there's there's always more to look at. So I'm trying not to do it from uh, from the perfectionist um, and just doing Mm -hmm. it in a really easeful, fun way. Like I really enjoy going to my meetings every week and I enjoy just looking at my stuff and there's no rush to get through the 12 steps and there's no rush to you know, be attracting in lots of money. There's no rush. It's, it's, I'm just doing my own process. And as long as I just keep giving value and I'm in of service to the world, I know it's going to, it's, it's all going to turn out fine. Absolutely. I, you know, my, my understanding, um, around, uh, around money and thanks for sharing that by the way, because I know that a lot of people, uh, would have a lot of the same challenges around finances and money as you have in your life. I mean, I have myself as well, so uh, I can totally understand what you're talking about. I mean, at one point, I had close to a hundred thousand dollars of debt. Um, it was many years ago, thankfully, but I totally understand how difficult it can be to really put yourself out there and allow yourself to receive what you're worth. You know. Uh, there, there are so many people out there, and you can correct me if, if I'm wrong on this, if this is not true for you, but um, in my experience, my observation of this, there are so many people who have such an important message to share, whatever that message might be in whatever industry it might be in, whatever field it might be in, uh, but they don't believe that they're either good enough or they believe that they're going to get rejected or they believe that people won't accept them for who they are or whatever it might be. And so they hold all of that energy inside and all that value inside. Um, and don't fully expose it and don't fully express it uh, to the world. And one of the things that I think I, I really love about what you do is it's all about really helping people open up their expression and letting all that energy out of who they are so people can hear it, people can connect to it, people can experience it. And you are talking about uh, earlier, you know, when you put on your workshops, uh, when you've put on your workshops before and even with your one-woman show that it allowed people to kind of connect with each other who ended up doing business with each other. And possibly part of the reason for that is because they were open, sharing, vulnerable, communicating, connecting with who they who they are or who they were um, uh, towards one another. So my, from my understanding and from everything that I've learned as well, and we've, we've got similar mentors, mm-hmm. um, there, there are, yes, there are, a number of steps, I guess, that a person could take, especially in this regard, to overcome this particular type of hurdle or challenge in order to produce and create and put something out into the world that's of, of great value and meaning. And it's, I think it also, it also takes a lot of courage in some way, you know, like in what you did, to put everything on hold and go, you know what, I've got this amazing thing I want to share with the world, or at least to start off it with in Melbourne and then the world. And I want to make sure that I'm in the right headspace or in the right receiving space in order for that to actually succeed, not just for you, obviously, but for everybody else who could seriously benefit out of it. And it sounds like there are a lot of people who have. Um, so I commend you, actually, um, not that you need that from me, but I commend you for uh, 
for for really taking that action I, you know some people would just go no i just want to go for it and not really consider that there are things that need to be done beforehand to really prepare and um and make sure that there's a, a greater chance of succeeding at, uh, at what they're wanting to do so kudos to you for doing that i think you know it just it took a lot of from my point of view it takes a lot of courage to 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 actually hold back um instead of you know it's, if you think about it it's like a kid who really wants to have candy and they're like oh, they really want the candy cuz it's like oh it's right there um but it takes a lot of a lot of um what's the word i'm looking for i wouldn't really say courage in that situation but it takes a lot of self discipline to go you know what i'm not going to have the candy right now I'm going to make sure that before I have the candy that, uh, you know, uh, I'm not going to overload. I'm not overly excited. I'm not going to have too much because I don't want to get too tired or whatever the case is. A lot of kids tend to not have super amounts of self-discipline. But I think to do that in a business or to do that in regards to anything that you're inspired to, to go and do um, is actually a very valuable asset and a very a valuable trait to embody. So... Yeah, congratulate you I, for actually choosing to do that. Yeah, thank you so much, Greg. I mean, also, what's uh, I'm inspired to share was actually my very first ever Meisner acting class that I ever did. The very first exercise um, we were asked to do was to sit down and write down the first three animals that came to your mind. And uh, I wrote down peacock, uh, rabbit, mm-hmm. and tortoise. Mm-hmm. And the and the peacock was the one that, well, this was my teacher's interpretation. Uh, I don't know that much about animal totems, but um, my, um, my teacher was like, okay, well, the first one is who you think you are. So the peacock being the one out there with the bright feathers, and I really resonated with that at that time. And then, then she said that the second animal, which was, for me was the rabbit, was actually how the world sees you. And at that time, I was very just friendly all the time and cuddly. And I I realized actually that could be the way that the world sees me. But the third animal is who you truly are. And it was the tortoise. And I said to my acting teacher, what does that mean? Like, I don't want to be a tortoise. And she said to me, slow and steady wins the race. Yeah. And uh, I'm feeling quite emotional sharing that because I have had a dream of being a performance artist since I was three, four years of age. I haven't really got my eye off the prize, if that makes sense. And I feel like I'm only just starting. And even though I've worked as an actor, singer, dancer in the industry, I've traveled the world dancing, I've done a lot of things, not any of them have felt true until Mm -hmm. I did this one woman show like Mm -hmm. everything about this was me and so I feel like I'm only just being born at the moment and I feel Mm -hmm. like I'm only just starting uh to put the steps forward so this dream I've had since I was four like the tortoise is still just slowly getting around the track um so for anyone that's listening like if you have a dream and your soul is telling you to pursue that dream it doesn't need to happen tomorrow sometimes the challenges that are in our way are actually there to help us to achieve the dream and it's Mm -hmm. about us just taking those small daily actions 
every day to it. And I knew at one stage that for me to put on the best one woman show, my daily action was tracking my numbers and, um, and just know where my numbers were. And the clearer I got with my numbers, the more I was connected to God, source, the universe, and then more of the show just channeled through me. So everything's working for us and we just have to remind ourselves of that. Amazing. I love that, Claire. That's Wow. Uh, seriously, I can't wait to see your show. Um, now, <laughs> there is one more thing that I want to ask you, which you might have answered mm-hmm. already and you can also you can mm-hmm. add to it a little bit if you want. It's a question I ask every single person that I interview. If you could share one action strategy or step a person could take or implement in order to help them be more of who they would love to be in their life and do something that inspires or fulfills them, what do you believe or think it could be? Mm-hmm. So the first answer which I I said earlier in the interview was taking self-responsibility that if you're not actually taking self-responsibility, it'll be really hard to listen to your true self. But uh, Mm -hmm. I would actually say, go back and go back uh, and make an inventory of your life and think about all of the times when you were the most in alignment, when you were feeling the most like yourself and actually document all of those times of uh, you just, you felt whole, you felt good uh, and you felt like you were doing what you're meant to be doing. Because if you actually go back throughout your life, you'll, you'll realize that there were these small little snippets. They may have been 10 seconds or weeks where you're mm-hmm. like, this is what um, really brings me to life. And when you write all those down, you might start to see a common thread that actually really helps you um, move more into your vision, move more into who you want to be. And a lot of that might come from childhood. Um, Some of it might come from your teenage years, others, you know, and then from adulthood, you want to record them all and actually see where, what the common thread is and make a, a promise to yourself that every week, maybe not every day, but every week, you're going to do something that brings you that joy, that alignment, whatever that is for you now. And like for me, it used to be whenever I was on a stage doing a musical. Um, And so when I wrote my first one woman show, I knew I needed to be like a musical because I cry every single time I'm at musicals. I love being on stage when I'm doing musicals, but I knew I wasn't meant to do the musicals the way that they're usually done anymore because I had this huge passion for personal development and I had a huge passion for being the only person on the stage. So Mm -hmm. I put all of that together. And I think that's when we are happiest is when we're bringing all parts of who we are into our life and taking action on all of those things. So if you're a family person, so for example, also congratulations on being a a new father, is that if you you love spending time with family, like that's part of who you are and you need to do that, you know, throughout your week. And Mm -hmm. if you're you're someone who loves spending time with friends, you need to go and do that every, every week. 
I need to be on a stage. I mean, Mm. even for me doing this podcast right now, I feel like I'm on a stage. It's a similar (laughs) feeling. And so I need to do this all the time. When I'm not doing this, part of me shrinks and I'm not being who I'm truly meant to be. So really look at your life at when you're in your most joy and don't judge it. It may be sitting by the trees. Like don't judge what it could be. Um, it may be waxing your eyebrows. Like don't, don't judge when you feel your most happiest mm-hmm. and when you feel most connected to God's source, the universe. I tried for so long to meditate a traditional way and try to fit into the box. But for me, I get my most connection to God when I'm sitting at my piano playing and singing along. All of a sudden, just all inspiration comes and starts talking to me. And a similar thing when I'm dancing to different kinds of music, God's just talking to me in my ear. And when I'm in situations like this right now where I'm getting to share my genius, I feel God just coming through me. And Mm -hmm. so... That's what I would be saying to everyone is don't judge the moments when you're feeling most in alignment. That is the indicator that uh, you need to be doing more of this. Amazing. Thank you for sharing that. And I uh, totally agree with everything that you said. In fact, um, there have been several other people that I've interviewed who've shared very similar um, ideas around what they would recommend or suggest. So there's a real common theme and a common thread with everyone I'm speaking to around uh, some of the most powerful step strategies or actions people could take to truly step into their power, be more of who they would love to be in their life and do what they love. And the truth is, you know, there are so many different things in this world that we all enjoy, that we all find um, inspiring to us, that we all find fulfilling to us. There is no such thing as a right or a wrong thing. There is just what feels resonant. And, You know, as Claire said, it's important and it's wise for all of you to really trust what that is and to honor that and uh, to live into that. And the more you judge it, the less you're allowing you to shine as, you know, as Claire is, you know, really uh, strongly in the pursuit of helping other people um, experience uh, within their own lives. So, uh, Claire, thank you so much again for spending your time with me today and sharing all the ways that you've managed to create such an incredible success in your life thus far. And I'm sure there is plenty more on the cards for you. Um, you've, you've overcome some, uh, uh, incredible and difficult challenges, especially early on in your life. And you've used all of those challenges, hurdles, obstacles, everything you've kind of faced, uh, to express more of who you are for the world to see. And not only are you doing that, uh, but you're, uh, definitely assisting so many other people to connect to their most authentic self um, so they can shine and and not uh, allow shame or uh, any of their imperfections to overshadow who they truly could be. Uh, you know, one of the things I often share with people um, that I believe could really make such a huge difference to how they could experience their own life is to really understand the value of expressing who they are and, and are holding it back. You know, expression it's, it's energy coming out of your system. It's energy coming out of your body. And a lot of people really need to hear what that is and experience what that is. And the more you hold it in, the less, uh, the less people can connect to, to what's deep inside. Um, and yeah, it's, I've known you for so many years 
And you are just a prime example of someone who's willing to put it all out there for the world to see and experience. And it's just brilliant what you're what you've achieved so far. And uh, I'm really excited to see what more you can do and where your journey will take you. Um, so thank you so much for being here. Well, thank you. I really want to say a huge thank you to you uh, watching your journey over the last five, six years mm-hmm. and all the challenges and obstacles um, that have come across your path and how you keep breaking through them all. And here you are now, uh, got this amazing business and, you know, creating this podcast and, uh, you know, I haven't met her, but she seems like an amazing wife <laughs> and, now, and now a baby and just watching your journey and you just keep putting out more content, different ways for others to learn how they um, want to be in the world. And uh, I just want to say to um, any of your uh, audience that if you've resonated with anything uh, that I've um, said today and you want to get in contact, um, I know Greg said that uh, he'll put uh, my website in the show notes, but also feel free to follow me on Instagram, uh, Mm -hmm. on Facebook, um, email me through my website, uh, got any questions, I would love to answer them for you. Awesome. Thanks so much, Claire. And yes, guys, please get in contact with Claire. She has a wealth of knowledge inside of that head of hers. She will really, really help you uh, step out of the shadows, so to speak, and um, mm. step into the light. So I highly recommend uh, for you to get in contact if you resonated with anything that she's mentioned tonight. Oh, today. It's not tonight. Today. <laughs> Um, well it could be tonight where they're listening from that's that's true it could be um so yeah definitely if you feel uh that yeah you resonated with claire please get in touch with her and um hopefully when she does her one woman show and she travels around australia and then the rest of the world you guys will get to experience her genius in action again claire thanks so much i appreciate it uh, and I look so forward welcome. to uh, I look forward to interviewing you again in the future, uh, you know, once once your journey has unfolded even further to find out what else what else you're up to. Mm, thank you so much again for the opportunity. Thanks so much for listening to this podcast episode. If you enjoyed what you heard, please make sure that you share it around with all your friends and family. And it'd be really great. And I'd be super grateful if you could give me a five star rating in iTunes. That way it lets me know that you are enjoying the content that I'm putting out there. And I can give you access to more amazing stuff coming up in the future. And also so you don't miss out on any future episodes, please make sure you subscribe.